0: Hey everyone, Uh, this is Bo, and this is a Devour the Podcast quickie. Uh, In theory, I don't know, this may go long. Um,
1: With you, always a longie.
0: Right? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, this is sort of the proof of life episode, um, because (laughs) many people have asked, nay accused us of having done something with one Jamie J. Jenkins, Uh, but here she is. Hey Jamie.
1: Hello. I am okay. Send
0: help. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we had a rule. Um, so, yeah, so you've just been kind of, you know, you've just moved and you're starting a new job and all that stuff. So, you know, things have been uneven in terms of time for you. but uh, Well, there's
1: that and that Duncan vetoed me being on that show. There was that, you know. Yeah, he... He wouldn't do it with me, so... I yeah. bowed out.
0: It was weird um, <laughs> how insistent I'm, I'm he was kidding. about
1: that. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Duncan. And um, he's cussing right now. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. Uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Fuck
0: you, too, Bill. Yeah. It's not even close.
1: Not uh, not even a little bit. Not. <laughs> yeah. So, Good thing they never are though. So he'll know that we're doing him because they're they're never close.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> and all the other Scots out there will be appropriately offended.
0: Yeah, but you know, I mean the whole country is what like 24, 25 people.
1: Yeah, they won't notice.
0: Yeah. Um it's fun I one of one of my real joys like doing the uh DBCC podcast um coming soon season 2 uh is catching up with Duncan and all the politics of Scotland which is pretty fascinating to me and
1: Oh, I do that too when I talk to him. Yeah. He, he's like our single source. <laughs> he's our man on the street for Scotland.
0: What am I going to read news? <laughs> not
1: American. We don't do that.
0: Yeah, not when I just know a guy like, hey, wh- wh- what's going on over there?
1: And you know what's amazing is he knows, too. I, like, he knows what's up in his own country, which is also something we don't do over here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I used to be a really hardcore political junkie. Uh, still am, probably more than average. Do I, you know, keep up with politics and, and whatnot? But, eh, it's tough. You know, it's just, it's so depressing. American politics is depressing now. It's always just, it's the same story over and over again. Here's some crazy shit, people can't get along, nothing's really going to happen.
1: Yeah, and then other people move into power so that they can then do some crazy shit so that people won't get along and nothing else will happen.
0: You know, I I heard a a pretty good quote recently about this, which is, uh, America is like this big 18-wheeler barreling down the highway. And it's not gonna turn fast one way or the other, and it's going an inevitable direction that it will get to. The only difference is, every four years, we vote to, uh, to see what the hood ornament's gonna be. Oh,
1: that's nice.
0: Yeah. I Can like we get that. some
1: Jerry Reed in the background while you tell that story? Um,
0: yeah, or who is the guy who did Convoy? Please oh. tell me you know this. Shit! <laughs> oh. I would
1: if you hadn't asked me.
0: I was, oh, I was gonna call you such white trash. <laughs>
1: I actually, like that movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's not bad.
1: And the song—I mean, and the song—what's uh, his name? McC- McC- McCall, somebody McCall.
0: Maybe I think that's—I don't I know—that's right. I was—I was hoping you would know it right off the top of your head, so I could teach no, you about it. No,
1: no, I'm not that good. Yeah. But uh, I think it's somebody McCall, and I'm sure one of our listeners out there knows who it is. But I happen to be a more of a big fan of Jerry Reed uh because of Smokey and the Bandit was filmed sure. uh <laughs> this is telling uh, Smoky and the Bandit was filmed about t- 2 miles from my house when I was growing up a part of it the part during the fairgrounds where they would go and they when they were having the where they you met big and little and where it began and then where the film also ended that was filmed about 2 miles from my house so um i was always very proud of that as a as a child i'm not sure why but no, I still I love that movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't <laughs> tell if I'm just really nostalgic about that movie, or like I I, th- I genuinely think there are parts of it that are are really good.
1: I I do. Yeah. I mean, those cops, uh, like jumping up and landing on the back of that truck in their car. That's one. That is legitimately one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That that just cracks me up every time. And then when he goes in and he orders the the Dr Pepper and, um. I used to know that line that whole scene by heart. Um but anyway when Jackie Gleason goes into the restaurant and then he ends up ordering the Dr Pepper and uh that is funny. It's really funny. The second one not so good though. I don't I'm In the first one
0: Jackie Gleason telling his son, when I get home well, I'm going to smack <laughs> your mama right in the face <laughs> is one of the funniest lines I've ever heard.
1: I'm going to slap your mama in the mouth. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, okay, but a Diablo the Diablo
1: so... sandwich. <laughs> That's what it Uh
0: Point being, you're you're with us. You're okay.
1: Yes. As far wow, as that took listeners
0: know. yeah, to. I know, I know.
1: We uh, meander. That's why we need David. You know how he's always reeling us in, and we're calling mm-hmm. him Grandpa and making fun of him and stuff. That's probably why, because when we're when he's on the show, we don't end up talking about Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, or it's kept in check. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so well, I guess, you know, let's, let's get into it. Uh, David is uh, taking a break from the show. It's not, he, he ain't leaving the show or nothing. Just, uh, you know, circumstance has made it difficult for him, uh, to continue at the moment. He will be back and, you know, we obviously, uh, want him back as soon as possible. He is a vital part of the show and and he will certainly be missed but in his absence we we'll, we will continue on right Jamie Yes
1: Yes I am fine send help
0: <laughs> You know <laughs> Look you know what happened to David you keep your mouth shut
1: <laughs> Yes we will we will keep going because you know we like we need it um like we need to do it and and <laughs> We love our listeners. And actually, when we got that, when David made that announcement earlier, I got a couple of panicked messages <laughs> from people, I think. One, who were concerned about David and his well-being, which for people who are not on our Facebook group page, um, David made the announcement that he will be taking a short hiatus from the show. But please do not be concerned about his health. He's okay. It's just he needs some time.
0: Well, you know, and he's going to be moving, and that's a pain in the ass. And, and he's yeah. got
1: shit going on, basically. Sure and so he's coming back and he's okay um <laughs> it's just uh he's going to take a little break so in the meantime we're going to do what we do and i guess we'll probably you know um maybe bring somebody else on on occasion or something like that yeah yeah you know? there
0: there might be a a show or or two that maybe is just us but i think we're going to we're going to have a uh, a few people sit in uh and you know, try to fill David's mighty shoes for uh, for an evening, and you know, like, it'll it'll be fine. We'll have a good time. It's cool, baby.
1: Yeah, and then he will be back, and all will be right with the world. So hang in there, is what we're trying to say. Just yeah, deal. <laughs> you're yeah. dealing with us for a little while. Get used to it.
0: And and for those uh, Joker types in the audience who believe that chaos is sometimes its own reward, I think you're going to like this run of shows. <laughs> um I think you're going to enjoy the mayhem and uh and rampant silliness that David uh quite frankly is a wet blanket about.
1: He totally is. I'm about 5 seconds from stripping off my clothes and running around screaming at the top of my lungs. That's that that could happen.
0: Yeah. It could. Go there. Yeah, it's it, yeah, inmates are definitely running the uh, the asylum for a little bit. So, um but anyway, uh you know, if you I'm sure David would uh certainly appreciate uh, dropping him a, a, you know, message on Facebook or something, just wishing him the best. It's always nice to know that you're, uh, you're cared about. Um, yeah. But, uh, but like you said, you know, he's fine. Just, just a transition is all. So, uh, yeah, let's get to, uh, said rampant silliness. Um, first of all, have, have you been watching anything recently? It's been so damn long. Since you were on the show, you know, we have, we have talkies now.
1: Yeah, um, well, I did go see, I went to see two things at the theater since the last time.
0: Was one um, of them Poltergeist?
1: Um, well, one of them was the Jazz Singer. That's
0: not what I asked.
1: <laughs> no, it was a joke, see, cause it's been a long time.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I thought you meant the Neil Diamond one. Okay. Even though, even though I made the original joke, as soon as you said Jazz Singer, it's was like, oh, Neil Diamond. I didn't realize they re-released that.
1: <laughs> um wow, well that was a fail. Um yes, one of them was poltergeist, the other one was Mad Max.
0: Oh, okay, let's talk poltergeist first. I'm I'm more curious about that.
1: Did did you see it?
0: I have not seen it.
1: It's okay. <laughs> okay. It is okay. Um I have since um uh, one of our listeners, Will Wilhelm, he's in he's pretty active on a Facebook group page and, and here and there. I, I have since found out that he went to go see it after I did, and he enjoyed it. So I'm okay. glad for him. Good for him. I did not. I, I thought you that... said it was okay. Hmm?
0: I thought you said it was okay.
1: No, it's okay that you didn't go see it.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I no, misunderstood. Oh, okay. well, let's dig in.
1: I have, and and not even, I'm not even referring to this as a comparison with the original, because you know how I feel about the original. That movie transcends just about everything. It just is in its own little category. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be fair to try to compare anything directly with that film, which is difficult to do with a remake, I know. But I always make it my job to not. I mean, I try to judge films based solely on their own merit. And this film's merit just happens to be crappy, I think. Um, I, I don't really feel like I get to know the family or care about the family. I don't even really believe the family. The. I think it's kind of an ugly film.
0: As far as believing the family is it just is it a performance thing or is it Partially. It, yes. Really? Cuz uh, I like Sam the, Rockwell the little a lot.
1: Girl. I love Sam Rockwell. And honestly he is about the only thing he and the um the psychic I can't remember his Jared name. Harris? Yes. I like the two of them okay I mean I think that their their performances are good but really the script isn't all that great. Um they do they make a lot of changes and i think that the idea was that they were attempting to distance himself from the original as much as possible
0: by naming your movie poltergeist
1: <laughs> by, by, right you know i i don't it, on one hand i'm thinking well that's kind of smart i guess because people won't be comparing it in their head while they're watching the movie maybe if that's the except that you kind of walk in with a movie to a movie called poltergeist and so i'm not really sure what you're doing there um, but they changed all the names of the characters. They changed the backstory like this family is moving into this house they don 't already live there. Uh, Sam Rockwell was a an executive for John Deere and he has lost his job so he 's out of work and they have no money and they 're moving into this house the All the kids i mean everyone has a different name. They have a different last name. Tangina is now a a, a british man uh, <laughs> it 's everything is is like sort of flipped up on its head, which I don't have any issue with at all. I don't I don't mind that. The problem for me comes from the fact that I don't like the look of the film. It uses heavy CGI, which is not good CGI, I don't think. Um I don't think it's scary at all, not even a little bit. And you know how I can be affected by paranormal films, like you know what Insidious does to me. Um Yeah. It's not that difficult to do, to be honest. I mean, if you make a good movie, even a little bit, you're going to make me pee my pants. <laughs> it's not that hard to get me with a ghost film. And this one just doesn't do it in the least. Hmm. Um, That's a real bummer. I just didn't find it. Th- I was engaged. And the performance of the of the little girl is so not good. Uh But oh, it sort really? of comes more from the brother's point of view. You, we get a lot of the brother in this film. And I, Brian's theory is that that's why he's like, he's like, you know, they started out wanting to make her um like another Heather O'Rourke, but then they realized, Oh shit, she can't act. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. I really don't think it probably is, but it's a, it's a pretty good theory because it would fit. We get more of the teenage daughter here, but she's kind of a bitch, well, but so she kind of cool. was
0: in the first one too
1: she's um i mean she's yeah, well, that's true. I mean I guess she's just angsty teen, but she's really ungrateful. I mean, her parents are like dirt poor, and she knows this, and she breaks her phone at one point and tells them that she needs a new phone, and then she gets really bitchy when they tell her they can't afford it and I'm like, yeah, is, seriously, this what is wrong with you <laughs> you know, I don't know, so I can't feel sympathetic for a character like that who's just an asshole out of the gate, but anyway, um, there are people who have enjoyed it, and I think that's a good thing i you i know uh i I really believe that you would probably fall closer to my side of the fence on this one, but um, yeah, i'd, I'd be interested to to, I'd be interested to see what you think, maybe yeah. I'd be wrong, I mean maybe I'm wrong, maybe you'll love it, but
0: yeah i I feel like. That's a movie that probably is going to happen on Blu-ray for me.
1: I think that that's okay. <laughs> I do. Also, uh, you know, it's in 3D. And as Sam Rockwell said, from I mean, hell, Sam Rockwell, from the beginning, he's like, well, it's in 3D, so there's that. I mean, he was never excited about this film. Um, I really don't see the how 3D would but There's maybe one or two scenes where 3D could be beneficial.
0: Hmm. All right, well, yeah, I'll... I'll that's kind of what I expected that movie to be, to be perfectly honest with you. So you're kind of confirming my, not worst fears, but the the thing that seemed most reasonable, which is, yeah, it's going to be a more superficial CGI-heavy ghost movie hmm. and not poltergeist. You know? It's
1: very superficial. Yeah, and then if I start to compare it, like if I make a comparison to the original, it gets so much worse. So, I mean, it's only downhill from that point if I start trying to, because, I mean, golly, the original Poltergeist is so fucking good uh, on so many levels.
0: All right, well, Um, before we go too far down that road. I'm done. Let's go down a little Fury Road, shall we? I like that. That movie fucking rocks.
1: Yes, it does. Uh for anyone out there who has uh one you know for whatever reason if they haven't seen it yet but they're wondering if oh if you're waffling what the hell wait like, go see it what are you waiting for that is the most fun i have had at the cinema in what am i dunking all of a sudden um <laughs> in ages i i can't even it is so beautiful uh, yeah oh.
0: it is it's it's a gorgeous movie about dirty things
1: Yeah, and the world that George Miller creates is just stunning. Uh, Yeah, and so intricate, like the intricacies, uh, the little bitty things that you don't even realize you've been missing your whole life. Like I've never, like I, I was actually going, huh? I never knew that I needed to see men walking. Up cogs to make chains rise so that you could raise, you know, raise up the bridge thing to get in. But I did, I needed to see that. I needed that badly and I never knew it. I never knew that I needed to see bad men on wavy, stalky things. You know, leaning into
0: Yeah, the, the poles park. are real cool.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I never knew I needed to see porcupine cars. I never knew I needed to see like war drums on the, the back of this vehicle with this badass guitarist on the front. But I did. I needed this stuff and he has supplied it. Um, and holy hell. <laughs> it is so good. So good. Yeah. You don't even have to, you don't even, I was a fan of Madamax already. <laughs> not so proud to say I saw Thunderdome in the theater, um, <laughs> but I did. Um, but I, you don't even have to be—I don't think you even have to have a history with any of that to enjoy the film that's put in front of you, because it no, really doesn't—it yeah. really doesn't matter. So if that's holding you back, don't let it. Uh, just go and have a good time. Also, Charlize Theron is kick-ass.
0: She is really, uh, really cool. Um, I think one of the proposed movies that George Miller was saying that he could make if this movie does well enough, uh, is, um, what's her name? Uh, Imperator Furiosa. Hmm? It would just be a movie about her and not have Max in it. And I was like, "Eh, I'd be fine with that. She's a now, she's you know, an awesome character.
1: There are people who say that that's basically what we got this time. I don't agree with that, but there are people who say who are saying that it's a Furiosa film. Mad Max isn't even in it hardly, and I don't get that because he's pretty much in every single frame. I mean, not really, but he yeah. is there from the beginning to. But the But they're end. kind of
0: co-stars. I mean, I I think this movie puts them on equal footing.
1: I think so too, and, and nothing um, wrong with that. I think that. The way that things ended up would not have ended up if he hadn't, the way that they did if he hadn't been there. So he was yeah. integral to the plot. It's not like you could just remove him and everything would have been the same. Because it wouldn't. So if, if, to me, uh, in a story, if you remove the character and it would change the outcome, then I would say that makes that character important.
0: But that's and, actually true of almost every character in this movie. There's not a whole lot of fat. On this story at all. I agree. It's, I mean, every, uh, like Nicholas Holt's character, the war boy, what's his name? I don't know. Nicholas Holt, the war boy. Yeah. But his character arc in that movie is really wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's kind of awesome all the way through it. Where, like, he's awesome when he's driving with, uh, what, God, what, I I keep wanting to call him, Toe Cutter. Oh. Joe, whatever it would, whatever the, uh, prefix to Joe is but so when he's you know kind of driving on Joe's side of things when you get the you know what a lovely day uh line out of him like he's great there because he's such a maniac and then as the movie goes along and his character changes he's always still a really fun character to be around and, yeah I was really that that's an impressive movie That and John Wick are the two action movies I've seen of late. That's good, too. Yeah.
1: I liked that a lot. And I'm glad you said that there's not a lot of fat on this, because that's one thing. On my other show, um, Direct-to-Video Connoisseur, we frequently talk about action films, because there's a lot of direct-to-video action stuff out there. And that is Matt's wheelhouse. So that's mainly what we talk about. And one of the things I always say is that, in my opinion, to have a successful action film, you have to be careful how you balance the amount of the amount of plot that you attempt to weave into the action because if you try to make your plot too intricate, then you are taking away from the action you know it 's difficult to just balls out and enjoy an action film when you're trying really hard to weave things together in your mind and make sure that you keep track of a hundred different characters and what 's going on and and like really you know, really minuscule plot details, and it annoys me because if I'm watching an action film, then I am mainly there for the action, and I think that, so basically simplicity is key, is what I always say, and I think that this film is a perfect example of that because you do have some complexity within the characters, but I think that the plot itself is a very simple one. It's very easy to follow. So you don't find yourself bogged down trying to keep up with a lot of stuff. It's pretty clear who the bad guys are, who the good guys are, what is the main goal, and then you just enjoy the view. And I, uh, yeah. I it's really, really impressive. And for this guy, and he's what, in his 70s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For him to be putting out a film like this, and then you've got like all the younger guys – who are just not even I also watched November Man recently and oh my lord I've seen that <laughs> That was just I mean it wasn't like it was terrible but it was um it was like hey Pierce Brosnan has played James Bond L- let's put him in this movie where he's not James Bond and he doesn't have the cool stuff that James Bond does and he doesn't have you know the suave clothes and the and the cool car and all of that but you know it is Pierce Brosnan. That's kind of what the pitch would have been for, the, for this movie. Um, it's like James Bond meets Taken in a way, um, because he's like an ex CI agent who is like pulled back in.
0: Was it directed by the same guy that you know, directed I don't know. Taken? Nope. I thought that was the sense. pitch, but.
1: That would make sense. Now thinking about that would make sense. But it really just wasn't engaging. Like it was very, the action was really kind of boring and. I was just like, ugh, I was very disappointed.
0: I remember hearing they were uh, planning a sequel uh, oh. to that movie, like ahead of its release, because they thought it was going to be such a hot property for them. And then it just, you know, came out. And...
1: Yeah. And I think, think, think that's
0: technical term.
1: They were, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> they were probably banking on the fact that people will be drawn to Pierce Brosnan in a role like that. And maybe they were in the beginning, but it, I can see why it would have just, woo very quickly. I remember it being in and out of the theater pretty quickly. And uh, there's, I guess, a reason for that. It just wasn't very good. I mean, it was about as bland as it gets. It's a delicate balance, and it's something that you have to know what you're doing in order to pull it off successfully. And George Miller has proven once again that he knows exactly what he's doing, and I want more.
0: Yeah, Absolutely all right let's uh let's do a little ask dtp Woo. Um, it's
1: been a while i don't know if i remember how to do it
0: you know it's answering questions let we'll me see. rephrase that it's uh it's talking about when somebody is curiouser oh gotcha all right
1: i had to sink it into my head brain
0: <laughs> sure <laughs> uh okay uh question number one, Mike Merriman. What movies are being discussed? Uh the Friday the thirteenth remake. Jamie's gonna
1: <laughs> Welcome to what's going on, Mike. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh her reaction <laughs> to that movie since you heard the guys talk about it. <laughs> Jamie, anything you would like to add?
1: I think you got it covered.
0: There Fair it. enough. Uh Andrew <laughs> Huff asks uh if you could go back and watch any horror movie for the first time again, what would it be?
1: Psycho. Hmm. Maybe And not evil... know and not know.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I think mine would be maybe Evil Dead because it scared me so much the first time I saw it. Man. I couldn't watch it all in one sitting. Oh,
1: that scared the crap
0: out of me. Yeah. I mean, I saw it when I was a little too young to be watching Evil Dead. And I might do that again because that, that's a good scare. Like, I don't have those much anymore where a movie just fucks me up.
1: Yeah, um I remember I saw that with a friend of mine and nothing ever scares her, ever. Um, back then when we were kids. Now, doesn't matter. She just doesn't get scared by movies. And that movie kept her up all night. It didn't hurt that I was sitting on the corner of the bed going <laughs> like all night long. Yeah. <laughs> and just random spurts I would do that and she's like, Stop that. But yes, it was very, very successful in scaring the shit out of me. And I, it's never. I still think it's scary. I still think it's awesome. I love Evil Dead, but it has never had that exact same effect that it had the first time. So that's a good one too.
0: Yeah, but I, I think any of the classics kind of falling in that category, like you know, Jaws would be great again, and The Thing, all that stuff. You know. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Ryan Lewis. Asks us uh, what is the most anticipated upcoming release.
1: I know what it is for me. Uh,
0: yeah, I know mine too. What's yours? Lost After Dark. Oh, I had a different one. <laughs> I had the real one, uh, Crimson <laughs> okay. Peak. I'm really looking forward to. Oh
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to that too.
0: Yeah, I think not that as looks...
1: much as I am Lost After Dark though. Yeah, I I totally, see it. totally honestly, I, I'm that is that is what I'm most looking forward to right now.
0: Yeah, I've, I've already seen it. Yeah. Um, so I, I no longer anticipate seeing it. Mike Merriman says, what time do I need to be on Skype for tonight's recording? Mike, it's, it's already happening, man. I, I didn't, I didn't preview these. Um. (laughs) Right. Right. You
1: you send a message. Yeah. (laughs) If you need something. Uh, cause we don't, we don't know. We don't Uh, look.
0: Uh, yeah. Ryan Lewis asks. What is the trope in horror that we wish would go away?
1: Like plot-wise or f- like technically?
0: You know, just a run-of-the-mill meat and potatoes trope. <laughs> oh, uh, I I think mine would be. I I'm really tired of of bitchy friends in movies in general, uh-huh. and especially in horror movies.
1: I second that.
0: That's kind of that. That that's really frustrating because that's that can be really lazy, you know. And I say that having a character in Lost After Dark that not bitchy. She's not bitchy. She's just kind of dumb. Um, but yeah, I think you got to be careful with those characters. And I hope we didn't fuck it up. Um, <laughs> Casey Bates uh, asks, "Ever seen Bloodsucking Freaks? Uh, yes. I have, and I needed." A couple of hours after that, like, the Silkwood kind.
1: Oh, nice ref. Thanks. I love that movie. Um, uh, Silkwood, not Bloodsucking Freaks.
0: Um, yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. It's just kind of gross, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: You know, I mean, like, I, there, there I was didn't a, think
1: it was very good.
0: No, it's not a good movie, and I think it sets out to be kind of shocking instead of being good. Uh, and I think... Like, everyone has that line in movies where you're like, okay, you know, it's like pornography. I don't know what it is, but I know it when I see it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those movies where it's like, I can't define poor taste, but I know it when I see it. And I think this is a movie that kind of wallows in poor taste. Like, there's a scene in the movie where a woman is what it's, she's in a guillotine and they put the rope in her mouth and are whipping her, I think. And it's just one of those things where it's like, this is just gross. And not in a gory way. It's just, it makes me feel bad to watch it.
1: Yeah, it's, um that sounds about right, your description. It it has honestly been a long time since I've seen this movie. Uh, I rented it uh, a while back. I, like, probably younger than I should have been <laughs> to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. If I were to watch it now, maybe I would appreciate it more. I... I just don't know, though. I just remember thinking, uh, I don't want to watch that again. And I haven't. And I've only, so I've only seen it the one time. But um, I don't know. Maybe I should check it out again. It's been a long time. Yeah. Maybe I would feel differently. I doubt it. Um, if what I remember about it is all true. Um, but you know how that is, not Tsukashino. all. But yeah. yes. Answer your question, yes.
0: All
1: right. <laughs> he didn't yeah. ask for a commentary. <laughs> uh,
0: Wil- Wilhelm asks... Yeah, I'm sorry, it's very Teutonic that name. He asks us, would you like to see another Knight of the Demons film? And if so, would you like it to be a sequel to the original series with Amelia Kincaid playing Angela? Or would you like a sequel to the remake and have Shannon Elizabeth return as Angela? And you could even bring back Monica Kina as she survived in the film. And uh subsection C goes on to ask That's a lot of question. Ada uh, Jamie <laughs>
1: subsection C. <laughs> um no, I don't need to see any more
0: uh, of either. Yeah, I I don't know. I,
1: I... And I don't even hate the remake. I, I really don't. I'm one of those few people who I'm okay with it, but um I, I just don't need any more.
0: Ah, oh, poor Edward furlong <laughs> That that movie <laughs> makes me kind of sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I it's a bummer to watch that. I yeah I I don't know I I probably fall on the side of it of like eh, if you were gonna do it make a sequel to the the remake I suppose uh why why go back a generation you know I, I'm uh eh, fucking do feel it it the could same be alright anyway you know right I mean,
1: you, you couldn't recreate that successfully
0: yeah and you know and Amelia Kincaid kind of you know is one of those lucky actresses to have a recurring gig I you know I'm not sure that you know thirty years later you'd really want to see that yeah. Ryan Lewis also asks. He's been busy. Yeah, no, no, no. We got a couple of these to roll through. All right. He asks the following things. We'll do this, uh, Jeopardy style, not Jeopardy style, uh, speed round style. Um, Jeopardy style is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ryan Lewis asks, uh, favorite pizza. What is...
1: <laughs> favorite what? Pizza. Oh, what is? <laughs> nope.
0: Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't fall into that trap.
1: Uh... Um, Pizza Hut, barbecue pizza. I love it.
0: Huh, love okay. Uh, I, I, I like, um, locally there's a, a really nice pizza place that that does a really good pepperoni. Um, I like that quite a bit. Uh, if it's like a chain pizza place, pepperoni, mushroom, it's fine. I'm I'm pretty easy. I don't, uh, I don't have exotic flavors or anything that, uh, I prefer.
1: Well, this one had, uh, listeners who, who, I'm sure they've heard the story before. You probably have too. When I was growing up, my mom and I would order pizza, had barbecue pizza, and we would watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. That was a thing.
0: Because and it's we barbecue. It,
1: we did it pretty frequent, pretty frequently, and so it just had. It's very nostalgic for me. And they recently brought it back, and um, I actually haven't had it since I moved up here. I don't know if they have it up here, but they had it down there, and I loved it. So there you go.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know why I put, put that period on there. Uh, Ryan Lewis says, Deathmatch. Who would win? Leatherface versus Spider-Man. Uh That's easy. Spider-Man wins every time and twice on Sunday.
1: I would have to say, yeah, I'd have to agree with Spider-Man on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, Leatherface, for all of his chainsawing qualities, doesn't jump around on walls and spin webs any right. size.
1: I mean, I'm just picturing him you know, catching that chainsaw like a fly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah all he's got yeah you web up leatherface of chainsaw and he's done he's that's done. his primary attack and he's yeah. just big dude with a limp um right I, wearing a weird mask yeah
1: i know that that's probably going to hurt ryan's feelings because he is he loves leatherface as much as he does and i do too but realistically speaking i just don't see him coming out on top during that i think we
0: we have scientifically proven by so. dtp standards that it would in fact be spider-man
1: which means beyond a shadow of a doubt,
0: yes, oh jeez i'm gonna I'm gonna mess up your name, man. I am so sorry, Joseph Anthony Petruzziello, I hope that's close uh slasher movie uh well, just kind of poses this concept, slasher movie set in the Star Wars universe, discuss you could do that I don't know who would wanna see that, but I think you could totally do that,
1: yeah, you could do it um I'm not sure who would wanna see it either I don't. That would seem like a weird, a weird combination.
0: Yeah, but you know, it's you. You set it on some remote space station, and one of the stormtroopers loses his nut or something, starts picking the others off.
1: You know what? Go That'd watch Jason right. X and be done with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, really. That is. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I, absolutely agree. He also asks. I'm, I'm just going to refer to him as he, so I don't screw up his last name again. Uh, if you could take any single entry horror film and retool it as a TV series, which would it be, and how would you approach it?
1: Fuck, what's left? Everything's been done.
0: Yeah, a single <laughs> or entry. Or is being done. The Happening? <laughs> Just because of how hilarious it would well, be? you
1: know, maybe The Sixth Sense. Because, I mean, the, I could actually see that being, or right, I... Yeah, is, almost a procedural
0: protection. kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. um... Like uh every week, there would be a new ghost that appears, and he'd have to solve that murder or whatever you know, mm-hmm. like um i would I think that would actually kind of be an interesting show it might have already been done in some form, I don't know, but um seems familiar
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I'm gonna go with that that's a that's a good answer um
1: thanks next week, and then we're gonna see an announcement from Fox.
0: Get a C and D from him. Uh, <laughs> Joseph also asks Uh if you could reinterpret any classic children's film, Disney or otherwise, into a horror film, which would it be? Pete's Dragon. <laughs> Where the dragon is for real.
1: He just yeah, and he just goes Runs amok. Yes. <laughs> Tearing the shit out of that town and Pete's asshole all at the same time.
0: Yeah. That'd be alright. Um <laughs> I would Hmm. I would like it if Aladdin Kind of turned into Wishmaster on you.
1: Ooh. That
0: would be pretty fun.
1: That would be fun. I like that. What if the seven dwarfs were cannibalistic? Snow White stumbles upon them. There's a scene in that, in that Snow movie White
0: in the seven place settings.
1: Right. There's a scene in that where she's, uh, after she bites the apple and she you know, bites the dust, um, and then they put her in that glass casket. And then I'm referring to the animated film. And they put her in that glass casket, and you see them all nailing around. I have always thought it looks like they're praying before they're about to eat. Whenever they uh, during that scene, like they're about to take part in, in and they're saying their blessing. Um, so yeah, and I've always thought it would be really cool if <laughs> the dwarves were cannibalistic.
0: <laughs> You're a weirdo. I know. Joseph asks, I think this is, uh yeah, this is the last thing from Joseph. So we've gotten to all your questions, sir. Um, rice or noodles with your chili? Uh, neither. That's sacrilege.
1: That's just weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, why would you have either? I've, I've seen noodles, which is extraneous.
1: Yeah, we actually have um, at, at the Coney Island here, the restaurant chain, there is a thing called, like, Super Chili. And it's basically chili served over spaghetti noodles. And I don't understand it. I don't understand why you would do that. So right. uh, nothing for me.
0: It's spaghetti sauce on spaghetti.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And you don't She'll need rice. Them? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need rice or noodles with your chili. Chili's a chili's already a chili. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a food unto itself. Adding r- rice is adding rice to chili. Chili don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to take a stand, Jamie.
1: Where is Joseph from, I wonder?
0: Because uh, maybe
1: it's just, um I don't know, maybe it's a, a non-Southern thing.
0: Eh, maybe, Sam. So. Do that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Get back to us. Let us know what, what crazy <laughs> land you hail from where somehow they think chili needs extra shit in it, aside from <laughs> the thing that already makes it chili. <laughs> <laughs> Mark asks, <laughs> what do you really think about David? Uh...
1: Uh-huh. Ah, I can't say that in public. No, I really love David.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, on a on a personal level, I, I, you know, kind of owe you and David for getting me back into podcasting at all. So,
1: well, uh, I owe David in turn, I and for several things. One, I wouldn't be podcasting again. I mean, when you went when you and I stopped doing what we were doing, I had no foreseeable plans to to do it any other way until David came along. I owe him for that. And then also for being open to bringing you on, which, you know, I felt like completed the circle. And, you know, I think he's I don't know. I love David. He makes me laugh. He's really smart. And I have always enjoyed working with him. You know, like even when we get kind of like nasty and at each other's throats, it doesn't matter. I still love him. I mean, like I've never been. I've never hated him for that. You know, I always think it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, and the best Argento impression in the business. You got it. Bar none. Yeah. A couple more. Gav, uh, stalwart DTP listener, Gav, uh, asks, Best horror film set in the rain? Ooh.
1: That is, that is a hard question because there are so many of them.
0: I almost, you know, I kind of want to go pitch black. I mean oh, is that science fiction? I I mean it's monsters chasing people. I
1: consider that a horror film.
0: Yeah. And even though it has the it's sci-fi it trappings, it's in it's
1: Fangoria, so not that that necessarily matters cuz Batman was also in the cover of Fangoria at some point. But whatever. <laughs> um I, I think it I think you can totally put that in there. I don't know. Recently, one of my favorites has been We Are What We Are. And uh, because, and the rain is actually kind of a character in that film. Yeah. I mean, it is a, it is a big part of that film. So I really yeah. like, that one. But, I do but also like Friday the 13th when it's raining really hard and it's all windy and, um, part three, the one that you hate.
0: <laughs> it's a bad movie. Dave Burke. This is the final question, Jamie. Okay. Uh, Dave Burke, uh, asks, Really what I think is probably the best question of the night. Uh, why is there no unicorn movies? First of all, Dave. So Ooh, why are there? Is
1: that just grammar? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's, you know, subject verb agreement, man. Why are there no unicorn movies, uh, horror movies? Um, I don't know. I would be, I would kind of be okay with unicorns on the r- rampage.
1: Uh, we did get that unicorn scene in Cabin in the Woods, which ever since then has left me wondering, where the fuck did they get that idea? <laughs> because I have never seen a unicorn in a horror film. But it was kind of satisfying to mm-hmm. to see a guy get gored by a unicorn horn. So I'd be down with that.
0: Well, because all the times uh, in, like, you know, whatever fantasy film or wherever you, you see unicorns pop up in film... You know they've got the big ass horn on their head, and that's clearly a weapon. So, yep. but you never see it put to use. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm all for it, I, especially because of the the cabin in the woods thing. I think you're right. That was that was all right.
1: Yeah, and a good idea, Dave. You write that. You make it happen. I'll watch right.
0: It. But what do you call it? Mm. On the spot, Jamie. Oh. Pop quiz, hot shot. Uh, what do nothing. you call a unicorn horror movie? I
1: got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you <laughs> well, I don't know, Looney Corn.
0: <laughs> Looney Corn? Because
1: <laughs> he's crazy!
0: Sure, he's loony. <laughs> That's how most murderers are described. <laughs> you remember Ted Bundy? Wasn't he a loon?
1: <laughs> well, what would you call it, Fancy Pants? Yep.
0: Lo- Loot corn. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Alright, well let's uh uh now that's
1: gonna bother me. I'm gonna have to come up with a title.
0: <laughs> you can you can Jamie Jenkins it later. Alright, well uh let's uh take a quick second here and then uh we'll we'll be back to get Jamie's thoughts on Friday the 13th the remake which was a movie <laughs> Okay so uh I'm not going to do the official read of the uh synopsis you all know what Friday the 13th the remake is uh you don't care who's in it probably <laughs> So and you heard David and Duncan and I already discuss uh our feelings on the film but one voice of course is missing and that is Jamie Jenkins for, in the in the sake uh, just for for completion's sake we need to know your thoughts on this film
1: well I am happy to provide them since I went to the trouble of watching it I may as well get to talk about it um surprisingly I think I'm gonna say a couple of things that may surprise some people out there um considering i I think over the years I have made my <laughs> feelings fairly well known uh, This is about my fourth time watching this film, and I have to say, I don't completely hate it anymore. Um, I did see you guys; I saw your scores, but I haven't listened to the show because I wanted to. I wanted to do my talking abouts before I listen to what you guys had to say, because I thought that would be a fun thing to do. Uh, but I did see the scores, so mm-hmm. I am well aware that <laughs> everyone other than me is not real keen on it. Uh, Duncan giving it the highest score of all three of you. I will venture to to say that I would go even a little bit higher than Duncan, but there is there is there are caveats to that. It's not. I'm not saying that it's a fantastic film. Actually, one of the main reasons that it is getting as low a grade as it is, is because to me, it really just doesn't feel like a Friday the 13th. And as much as I think that the kills are, are mostly successful, which makes usually makes for a good slasher. You know, you've got, how how can you really screw up that recipe? You've got teens in the woods and they're getting killed in inventive ways. Uh, Go. I do, however, have issues with it. Um, The biggest one of those being that because of the conspicuous lack of music even remotely related to anything we've ever heard in a Friday the 13th film um, and the fact that we get that we do get a little bit of three times in the film and it's very quiet. You could almost miss it if you weren't looking for it apart from that. There's the whole tunnel thing, which I just don't need to see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't need to see Jason doing Jason things behind the scenes. Like, I don't need to see him dragging off bodies and planting them places. I don't need to see him – like, you know, the scene where they're um, Jared Padalecki and – who's her face? Daniel uh, Panabaker. Panabaker. Pana um, <laughs> yeah, Padalecki, Panabaker. Um <laughs> say that fast three times. Yeah, I know. Um where they're hiding uh under the I guess it's under a boat or something in the uh, in the abandoned camp. And he comes walking through like da, da 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 with his body over his shoulder and then dumps the body down and that's weird to me. I don't need to see that. That we have never seen what Jason does when Jason isn't killing and I don't need to see it now. It, it to me it makes it not feel like a Friday the 13th. And I just don't think that a guy, a big guy wearing a hockey mask is enough to convey that it's a Friday the 13th film. Um, now, this is where Brian and I are split hugely on this, because he's like, it's a big guy in a hockey mask killing kids in the woods. It's clearly Friday the 13th. And um, that's my impression, by the
0: way. <laughs> Eerily I, accurate, yeah.
1: I don't feel that way. I really – and I tried. When I was watching this film, I tried – I wanted to like it more because I, I like to enjoy movies that I watch. I don't like to watch movies that I don't like. So I, I want to enjoy them. So I was trying. And so I, I was giving it points where I felt like point, like it deserved it. Like I do think that Jason is really vicious in this film. I, I probably he hasn't been this vicious since Ted White in part four. I mean, he's just really mean. He yes, does really I would agree. Be, He does some mean shit and I like that. I think that Derek Mears did a good job. You know, he's imposing and he's fierce and he's just mean as shit. And I'm okay with that. I think that's great. I think Jason should be mean. That's why I loved Ted White. That's why I loved part four because he was vicious and cruel and he didn't give a shit. And I feel like we haven't had a Jason like that. in since then and until now. So that's okay. Like, I like that. I I think that the graphicness of the kills is satisfying. We have some really creative things going on that um, we get a decent amount of bloodshed. I'm okay with that. I do think this, that the amount of sex seems forced. I think that the amount of nudity seems forced. Now you may have heard me say, Previously, that you know, yay, nudity in a slasher film. And I'm okay with that. I love nudity in slasher films. I have no issue with that. But to me, it felt like it didn't feel natural here. It didn't feel like, oh, here are some teens watching them strip as they go into the water or whatever. This was like, here I am standing here so I can take off my shirt now. And to me, it doesn't feel organic. And... That just pulls me out of what's going on and makes me realize, oh, these aren't actual teens doing teen things. This is a movie. I don't like the look of this film. I don't like the, the colorization of it is really bad. I feel like the parts that are, that should be really bright and colorful, like when you have the kids on the water skis, the, that sky should be blue as all hell. Those trees should be green. That water should stand out. I mean, that is a happy moment. There's nothing bad going on at that point. And then all the times when they're walking through the woods and they're just doing walking through the woods things, why aren't these more colorful scenes? I that I like to see color in film. I am so tired of seeing these, mono, like these monochromatic, washed-out films that we're getting – all the time that is supposed to invoke atmosphere, but to me it, it just looks bad. Like the, like with the, um, the man of steel movie that it just pisses me off that a Superman movie, he's like the happiest superhero ever. Like Superman is just like, la la la. You know, he's as good as it gets. Why is his movie dark? He's not fucking Batman. Okay. That's not the way it goes. And So this became a thing, and even so that it bled over into Superman. I'm tired of it, and I'm tired of it here. Like, I don't like it. Like, to me, the whole thing is too dark. Even the parts that should be dark, like when he's down in the tunnels, which is just dumb anyway, but even the parts that should be dark are even darker. So – to me, the whole thing is just too dark. I don't like it. I don't like looking at it. I don't like the score that we do get, not just because it's not Friday the 13th music, but just I don't like it. And a lot of those is, is I have a history of not really enjoying Nispel's style. That And that crosses over into his set pieces. I hate his set pieces. Every movie looks exactly the same, and every person in every movie is a fucking hoarder, and I don't understand why he has this obsession with people looking like they are hillbilly mountain people dragged from, like, the 60s with everything they've ever owned still in their house, and usually it's, like, soaking wet and dripping water, and you've got goo everywhere, and I mean, he's just... I, I just don't like the way his movies look.
0: I yeah. don't. And, and there are lots of shots in this movie that just aren't in focus either. And that may be a stylistic choice, but it's a terrible one.
1: Maybe. Oh, my God. And could he have any more fucking lens flares? I During one scene, I counted. I, I was like, I could do a drinking game by counting the lens flares in this movie. And Brian's like, you would be dead. Because you would, I mean, if you seriously start looking at him, it's just lens Linslayer, Lenslayer, Lenslayer. Lens and I don't have a problem with that on occasion, but it, it, this is like, he put J.J. J. Abrams to shame yeah. <laughs> with, with the number that are in this film. And it starts to get to the point where it sticks out. Not, I mean, to where it doesn't enhance anything. It just sticks out so that there's a little counter going off in my head every single time that happens. Um, so which leads me to believe, hey, overkill.
0: But all right, but you're saying that you probably like this even more than Duncan, so <laughs> you you have listed a lot of very lot of real negative. problems with this movie.
1: I have. And so what I did was I had to look at this from a from a very scientific point of view. I had to I had to try my damnedest because oh. On one hand, I have to look at it as a movie, you know, everything that is wrong, right and wrong with it as a movie in and of itself. But then I also have to factor in the fact that this is a Friday the 13th retrospective, and that does matter. You know, when I do a retrospective grade, I, you know, to me, those films are in their own little universe. And so I have to plug in that stuff, too. So if I look at it as, hey, this is just a movie. I've never seen before and I didn't know anything about Friday the 13th and I'm just watching this movie. What would I give it then? And I'd say I do like the kills. Some of the characters are okay and I don't even like all the characters. You know, I think the Asian kid is okay. Trent, I think is too over the top asshole-ish. I mean, that is, he's like a caricature of being an asshole. Um, and I don't know, I cannot remember his name, but the black guy. I, I can't remember what his name is in the movie. But to me, I mean, like two times at least, he like makes racist comments about people being racist. And one of them is a joke. Um, the other one, I'm not sure. And I just like, I don't know if I like this guy. You know, like I, I'm not sure if I like his character. But then later on, he actually risks his life to save his friend. That I do like. And that's something that you don't often see. And especially with today when, when everyone has to be an asshole in a movie. So that kind of redeems him a little bit for me. As far as the girls go, they're kind of interchangeable. I don't even know. You've got like two blondes and I never know from one second to the other, who I'm actually looking at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I and can't then, tell them apart. And Daniel Panabaker's character in the movie is completely meaningless to the story. I mean, you know, going back to oh, what we were sure. talking about with Fury Road, where everything is kind of integral to the plot. Like you could remove her wholesale from this movie, and not much would change
1: i I totally agree with that. I do however, like the fact that we did get sort of like a final girl switch. I think that's fun just because i didn't see it coming and and I don 't think anyone would have seen it coming and how could you and maybe that is a maybe that is poor writing if they just kind of spring it on you. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, from a writer's point of view, does that work at all, or does it actually...
0: Yeah, I, by that point, I just I cared so little about anything I was seeing.
1: Yeah, okay. That then when
0: she got time. killed, it was just like, oh, okay. okay, the person who did nothing in this movie is dead now.
1: Oh, no, what am I going to do?
0: Right, how will <laughs> the...
1: I'm
0: totally off balance. How will I predict the end of this movie when a brother and sister are left standing? Jesus I... Christ. <laughs>
1: I did love the look on her face when, um, when she got stabbed through, though, because it was almost like they didn't tell her her character was gonna die. I mean, she had this look on her face like, what? Um, like, no, no, I'm the final girl. I'm supposed to make it to the end. But I, you know, I didn't, I didn't hate that turn just because it's not something that you see. Uh, typically, you know, who is gonna make it to the end early on, and we thought we did, and, and, and it turns out that that is not who made it. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing just because it was different. Um, so, yeah, that being said, I mean, I have said a lot of negative, but there are some positives, like I said, with the kills. That may be a hell. That may be it. I mean, and I like a couple of the characters. So if I'm looking at it uh of its own merit and all the technical issues that I have, then I'm going to I can't really go any higher than, say, a C. And that Maybe C plus, but I don't think so.
0: And, ladies and gentlemen, you have borne witness to authentic frontier gibberish.
1: (laughs) But wait a minute. I am not done yet. Oh. I have not factored in the fact that throughout all of this, no matter how positive the positives are, it never once feels like a Friday the 13th to me. And that is a huge mistake. I I think that I would like to see this film if it were rescored. Uh, with an actual Friday the 13th score, maybe that would make a difference. I don't know. But the way it stands, not once do I ever feel like I'm watching a Friday the 13th. And if you're going to be adding to the Friday the 13th universe, then that is something that kind of needs to happen. And it is a huge misstep. So because of that, I'm that knocks it down significantly. So I'm going to have to say... I'm going to have to say
0: D. All right, is this your official score a D?
1: A D is my official score.
0: All right. Um well, it has been noted your account of your experience with Friday the 13th the remake has been added to the rolls and uh <laughs> Yeah, and I guess that is going to wrap it up uh for us this time. Again, just a little uh a little wave, a little saying hey. Uh we'll be back pretty soon with a uh, full show. And again, thanks for sticking with us uh with a, a slight change in format for uh, a short term. And you know, we hope you enjoyed. Let us know what you think. Jamie yeah.
1: What you said. I am okay. Send help.
0: Oh. <laughs> as soon as <laughs> this recording you. is over, somebody's going back in <laughs> I the <am> well. So... <laughs>
1: Uh, thanks you guys for hanging in. Um, and please stick around. Um, I promise you, David will be back. <laughs> we promise. Yes. And ma'am. I love you. <laughs>
0: uh the Looney Corn. Uh, <laughs> so good. So good. You ought to be in PR. <laughs> I'm working on it right now. It's the it's the new sci fi movie that I'm gonna write Looney Corn. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how far that script would make it, you know? Before somebody was just like, Corn. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> are, you, are you married to the title? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a deal breaker. It is Corn. <laughs> All right. Uh Yes, absolutely. Everyone, thank you uh, so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Yeah. Uh, bye. This has been a Legion podcast. Ooh, quickie.